Good morning, church. It's good to come to you with the word of the Lord today. It wasn't it brilliant watching that super gang video? And uh, it was actually go straight into my sermon because that was Saul who attended to Paul writing from prison in Rome. And we're going to carry on with our, our theme that we've been doing the last couple of um, weeks um, and last couple of months on Scattered Sevens from Alan Scott's book. And if you've not read that, it, it's a brilliant book that I think, you know, everyone needs to grab a copy and delve into it and use the word of God to direct you. And we, we are using the book of Philippians just to expound this book as a practical teaching for ourselves as a church in this um, uncharted on, on times that we are in. And, you know, we, the, the book says that everyone, everywhere, every day, we are servants of God. So I'm going to carry on from where uh, um, we left off from last week. Last week, Gareth was talking about um, the backdrop of uh, Ro- uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse, four, verse he was talking from verse 5 to, to, to 11. And, and that was a backdrop from the mind of Christ being in us, where the humility of Christ did not think himself in the place that he was, but he humbled himself to die on the cross. And, and after that cross, he was exalted and sit, he's being seated on the right hand or, or by God now. And then so we're going to carry on from verse 12, and I'm going to expound right through the end of chapter 2. So uh, verse 12 says, I'm using an ESV version, and it says, Therefore, remember, on the backdrop of the mind of Christ in us, therefore, Paul comes to the, therefore, this is so, this is Paul, that would just watch this brilliant clip. And he said, therefore, my beloved, as you have always believed, always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. For it is God who works in you both to will and and to do work for his pleasure. You see, salvation is of God. And you know, as, as we, we were watching that video, Jesus Christ died and, and rose on the cross. And because of his death, you and I are saved. It is God who works in you. The beginning of salvation is the work of God. And it started when Christ died on the cross for you and I, that we, have, we can have access into his presence. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, the same Paul was writing to these same people. He said, being confident in this very thing, that he who began a work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Church, Christ has begun a work in you. The work of salvation has begun in you, that he will complete it. He not only begins the work of salvation, but he also sees you through the work of salvation. God's action cannot be frustrated. God's action cannot finish. It continues until the end. It cannot remain half finished. The verb that uh, the, the, the writer uses to work is from where we get the Greek word for energy. We get energy from. That energy, it's God who works in you. It's that energy of God that makes us to begin and experience that salvation. It's the same energy that we need 
to carry our work and our life in everything we do. Paul says that's work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He doesn't say you work for your salvation. You work it out. You know, the Philippians church, if we read the book of Acts chapter 16, when Paul on his missionary journey, when he entered into Philippi and uh, there were these uh, uh, women who were praying and, there were, and then they joined these women who were praying and they started preaching the gospel and there was this demon-possessed girl who was following them and he started shouting, these men are talking about God and then the crowd got angry because the, 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 the owner of this demon-possessed girl got angry and they were thrown into prison. And, uh, and you know all the story if you read Acts chapter 16. And in the end, when they were leaving Philippi, a church was birthed. A church which was made up of Lydia, who was the, one of the women who were leading the prayer meeting. It was made up of the jailer, who, the, the prison warden who was looking after Paul and Silas. And Timothy was around there as well as, uh, as, well as Luke, the writer. And also this demon possessed, she was probably part of this church that was formed out of Philippi. And Paul is now in prison and writing to this same church that, look, this salvation that we brought to you in Jesus Christ, yes, you have received this salvation, but you have to work it out in practical sense. So where we want to be practical scattered servants in everywhere we go, in every day of our lives, this salvation in us has to be worked out. So even though it's secured, it's an active work. Salvation is also of man. Without your cooperation, what you already have in the inside cannot be worked out on the outside. What we have already received, Paul is asking us, look, yes, you have the salvation of Christ, but you need obedience, responsibility with fear and trembling, with sensitivity, Work it out so that your good works will be seen. You can't walk around and say, I'm saved with nothing being shown for. That is where we get involved. God, you, and the Bible says that God will empower us. And therefore, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. The same energy that God empowers us, that you and I will be able to walk around and work out so that this inward salvation in us will be manifested outwards. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You see, an illustration I can see, you know, as a, um, a doctor sometimes, you go, to the, you go to see the doctor and they give you a prescription for your ailment. And you've been given the prescription for your ailment and you know the instructions before you leave. You say, you take this one, three times a day. You have received the answer to your ailment, your, 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 the answer to bring you healing and cure. But without you obeying the instruction to take it three times a day, it wouldn't happen. So God has entrusted and given us a salvation. We have the power in us. We've already received it, but it's up to us to put it into practice. Work out your salvation with fear and trouble. Sin is the disease. You've got the cure for it. You've got the salvation through Jesus Christ. You've got the practical empowerment through the Holy Spirit to live with it and use it in your daily lives as you go about being a servant with your salvation. You know, when we were, um, before uh, Kate came and read us the scripture from Matthew chapter 25, he said, 
you know, we have been saved, but the action, the very thing you do to people that shows that you are my children. Without you, without you going to visit the sick and the prisoners and showing love, that active part, your salvation will just be held in you, but you need to work it out with the practical outworking. Paul goes on in Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 to 15. He says, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as light of the, in the world. Our obedience has to be shown. We have to do. Scattered servants have to obey what God has asked us to do without complaining and arguing. It's like that, that's a picture in the Old Testament when the children of Israel were mumbling and grumbling and, uh, and disputing with God. What I, why have you brought us here? He said, do everything without grumbling or disputing so that our conduct will be blameless in the sight of this world, so that our sins will be sincere to ourselves and feel with that innocence because we are children of God without blemish when we stand to the scrutiny in the presence of God. You know, in the court of law, they say that a proceeding is not only just, but also must be seen to be just. We must not only be pure because of what God has done in us, but we must also be seen to be pure to all. Matthew 5 verse 14 to 16 says, You are the light in the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand so that it might give light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good work. And give glory to the Father who is in heaven. Your good work is not to give glory for you, but to the Father in heaven. It's your good work because Jesus has done it for you, but you live it out so that God gets the glory. Paul carries on in verse 16 to 18. He said, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Paul used these two pictures, these two pictures, one of like of an athlete who is prepared for a race of or an event. Imagine, um, I don't know, those of you who ran the marathon this year, um, because of the pandemic, the, the London Marathon was, was canceled. But there are people who had trained and prepared to raise money and funds for charities. And therefore, they didn't want their efforts to go for nothing. And I know people, uh, there was alternative uh, marathon and that people were had to make 
assault courses and do it in their own cities in order to raise money for the purpose because their effort was not meant to go in vain. Paul said, our effort, everyone that has invested in your life as a Christian, that has helped you and discipled you, don't let their effort be in vain. That's how Paul was in prison, was telling this church in Philippi, look, I invested in you guys, don't let my effort be in vain. I was like a drink offering to you. Another picture he uses in the heathen culture. Actually, it doesn't, you don't need to go far about the heathen culture. In the current day, in some cultures, in my culture in Ghana, when you go to visit a traditional priest or a traditional chief, you pour libation, a drink offering. That was the picture Paul was trying to describe where they pour a drink offering in the presence of the gods. Paul said, I have given everything like a drink offering, like a libation to you. Don't let that be in vain. Alan Scott's book, Scatter Sevens, he says this, um, I quote from him, he said, wait, we wait on God to do things for us, but God wants us to do things with us. While the power of the Holy Spirit is given to us, it wasn't given for us. The kingdom power was given to bring wholeness to the whole of humanity. You have been empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit for you to go out in your workplace. We are not a, a gathered congregation in this current circumstances, but we are a scattered generation and congregation in every city, in every workplace, being in your, your secular job, there is nothing to separate what is secular and what is spiritual. Wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, in the marketplace, in the place of commerce, in the place of your healthcare worker, you are a scattered servant to be a light to those around you, that you can shine so that your good works will be seen by those around you so that glory to be given to God. Our directives is that we obey. Our directives is that we work, verse 12. Our directives is that we do, verse 14. Our directives is that we become blameless and shine, verse 15. Our directives is that we hold fast onto what God has done for us in verse 16. Our incentives is that we are children of God. Our incentive is that God is with us. Our incentive is that we are the light. You know, that position cannot be changed. It matters. It matters. Yesterday, um, we all know what's happening in America. And I was watching, there was a clip that was circulating on social media. And a CNN, um, one of the um, political analysts, Van Jones, was commentating passionately on the reaction on, as uh, they declared uh, their, their projected winner in America. He said, just as who you are matters, what you do also matters. He says that it is easier as a dad to tell my kids that being a good person matters. Character matters. What you do matters. What you say matters. What you project yourself matters. Church, Christianity is an outworking product of what you have in it. What you have inside has to be worked out. If we, your character, if your good works is not seen, it doesn't matter. 
Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We are scattered servants. This is where we make our impact in, our, in the marketplace so that everything we do matters. Verse 19 to 24, Paul begins to give examples of two people, two key people and his ministry. He's writing in prison and he said, you know what? I've got two guys here that I'm going to give you their testimony. Today is Remembrance Day. And again, the same way we think about these two guys, he talks about Timothy. He said, I hope in the Lord, in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth. How as a son with a father, he, he has served with me in the gospel. I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. We know about Timothy. You know, from the Acts chapter 16 tells us about him. He says, it tells us that he was a, a native of Debbie or Lystra. His mother was Eunice. He was a Jew. His grandfather, grandmother was Lois. Um, his father was Greek. And he joined Paul in his, in his missionary journey, his second missionary journey. And we know right from Philippi, he traveled with Paul to Thessalonica. He traveled with Paul in Berea. He traveled with Paul in Corinth, in Ephesus. And even he was with Paul when he ended up in prison in Rome. He wrote in at least five of the, the epistles or the letters of Paul. It, it shows that Timothy was with him when he was writing there. He was willing to do, go everywhere with Paul. Even when Paul needed somebody to be sent, uh, uh, to, to send out letters or to bring an advice or rebuke, he was always present. He became a prisoner for the sake of Christ. Timothy was willing to go everywhere. And he was okay to always be in second place for the sake of the gospel. You don't always have to be the top. It's okay to be a second place. It's, always to be, it's okay to be vice. It's okay to be um, an assistant to somebody. It's okay to be a servant to somebody. But your influence and your character can always go before you. You don't have to always make the maximum impact when you're on top. It's okay to be in second place. So far as you make the same impact of what you have in you. Paul goes on to um, admonish another character in uh, from verse 20, 25 going, he talks about this guy, Epaphroditus. He said, Epaphroditus, I have, I have thought it's necessary to send to you, Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, even near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Epaphroditus was a messenger. The word is apostolos, apostolic. He was sent by the people, by, by the Philippian church, to go and minister to Paul, to go and serve Paul. We have been sent 
by our church in these times to go out there and minister to the people in the world so that our lights can shine before men. And not only that, listen, he did that because he, he but the Bible tells us that verse, um, verse 28 to 30, I'm more eager to send him, therefore that you may rejoice at seeing him again and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy. Honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. He risked his life. You know, today as Remembrance Sunday, we remembered men and women who risked their lives, in fact, lost their lives for the sake of democracy, for the sake of the freedom that you and I have today. He risked his life. Epaphroditus risked his life. He gave up everything for the sake of the gospel. He gave up everything for the sake of the gospel to be accomplished, even risking his life. So today, as a scattered servant, wherever you are, wherever, uh, whichever avenue of, of life you're in, in commerce, in the health sector, in, um, in the business industry, whatever you do, you have been saved because of what God has done for you through Jesus Christ. Are you willing to do everything for the sake of the gospel? Everyone has been saved and the Holy Spirit power is in us to work it out and serve wherever we are. Are you willing to go everywhere like Timothy, that he was willing to go everywhere with Paul for the sake of the gospel? Are you willing to do everything like Epaphroditus for the sake of the gospel? Are you willing to every day have an opportunity to make a difference wherever you are? Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you did on the cross. We thank you for your salvation. Thank you that you died on the cross, that we will be saved. And as Paul has admonished us, our salvation needs to be worked out so that everybody around us will feel an impact of what we've been saved for. Because we've not been saved for us, for ourselves, but we've been saved that we can go and make an impact to the people and those around us. You've commissioned us that we are the light of this world. You've commissioned us as servants. And in this current climate, we've been scattered all over and we are not being gathered like we would expect to. But as scattered servants all around, may we serve. May we give up everything for the sake of the gospel. May we be willing to lay down our lives for the sake of the gospel so that we may bring glory into your kingdom. Amen.